Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Today, I am so excited to be talking with Cody about one of my absolute favorite topics. This is the thing that is my primary value. It's every I base my entire business around this. I, it, when I work with coaches, I work with them around this value. So I'm excited to talk to you today about meeting our clients where they are. Welcome. And hi, Cody. Good to see you again. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well, thank you. <laughs> what say you about the idea of meeting clients where they are? And, and what's the first time you actually heard about that that phrase, if you will? So the first time I actually heard it was on a uh, coaches meetup with uh, the New Money Habits coaches. Seriously? Actually, yeah. I didn't even know the answer to that question when I asked yep. you. Well, that's fun. Yep, that it's was probably not, because it's one of my number one values. Plug. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was not a planned plug, by the way, just so you know. No, it wasn't. So, <laughs> but yeah, well, so, that's cool. I mean, I first heard about that uh, on one of those meetups. And, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, that's actually a really good thing and a really cool idea. Because um, when I first started, man, I was just like, all right, I'm going in with this plan and people are going <laughs> to get in and do this plan and they're going to follow the plan exactly. And everything's going to be great and they're going to get the results. And it just wasn't the case. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, and I, and I think that there is, uh, there's that element to um, coaching sometimes that I think that, you know, I know I got it wrong. Um, but, you know, there, there's that balance between trying to be intentional with your clients, but then also being like really rigid with your clients mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference um, because, you know, I think that we as coaches, like, you know, we, we want the best for our clients. And um, sometimes we actually kind of assume what they're capable of because maybe we were capable of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so me personally, when I was, you know, uh, pretty early on in my financial journey myself, um, I had, you know, five figures worth of debt and I wanted to get out of it as fast as possible. And I set myself a goal of like two, two to two and a half years, something like that. Um, and then I got into it and I ended up getting out in seven months. Uh, and that was because I sacrificed literally everything for seven months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I can do it. I know other people can do it. And that was a mistake because, you know, not a lot of people want to live off of, um, you know, uh, I think it was $50 a month of spending money. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of people want to, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in Michigan, so they had uh, this thing where you can return cans for 10 cents. And, you know, I'd go around and pick up everyone's <laughs> cans and return them, you know, just uh-huh. just because, you know, I wanted those that, that extra money. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. not, but not everyone wants to do that. And, you know. Uh, when I when I first started helping people with money, I I was like, man, like you have to do it this way. Like, mm-hmm. you'll, it'll be so mm-hmm. much better in the long run. You'll you'll knock it out much quicker, which is true, you know. But mm-hmm. that doesn't work for everyone. Everyone has well, different and I'm assets. Gonna, 
I don't even know if you heard it, but I'm going to point it out anyway, because that's what, that's what I'm here for. Right. Um, you about five minutes ago said the word capable and then mm -hmm. never use the word capable again. And you started using the word want. And I just want to point that out because when you, when you use the word capable, you said not everyone's capable of that. And it's not necessarily that they're not capable because sometimes they might not be capable, but there are many people who are fully capable of doing what it is that you did. Mm -hmm. They just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. what they want to do. And so that's why I want to point out that, yes, the word capable is there, but you have this underlying understanding that it's not really about their capabilities so much as it is about their desire of actually doing some of the same things that you do that you did and there are more than one way more than one route to get to a certain destination you chose a very fast and difficult route and there mm -hmm. are other individuals who are like yeah i i have other things that are higher priority for me than that and and even even just the idea of debt for example not everybody is worried about debt the way that you were worried about debt. Mm -hmm. And so it, it sounds very presumptuous, <laughs> excuse me, for us to come in and go, well, we want to clear up their debt the way that we cleared up our debt when maybe that's not even one of the things that's weighing on them. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. And to, to double down on that, I, I've had clients, uh, you know, you, you can't just like go in and be like, okay, well, this is what I did. So you know, let's talk about this and Hey, like, how do you feel about having like no spending money or very, you know, very little, you know, um, they're not going to enjoy it. And, it, you know, I've, I've had yeah. clients, you know, I talk to them about, you know, what, what we think is a healthy amount and we have that conversation, you know, and, um, I always make sure that they don't skimp out on things that they value and things that are mm -hmm. important to them for the sake of, you know, getting that, financial traction because then they're going to learn they're going to grow to resent money and that's yeah. not a good thing you know right um yeah it's just it's just not so uh yeah being very in tune with their values and and even if you know you think that they should be working on one area of their finances but they're not concerned about it and they they have more value towards a different area um mm -hmm. you know you can certainly discuss it and just let them know like how you feel about it and they'll let you know how they feel about it. And then you guys can get a, a common ground. And But ultimately, you know, they're the boss. You know, like it's, yeah. it's their money. So, uh, and you have to be okay with that as a coach. You know, you can't just be like, well, if they're not going to do this, then I'm out, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could do that if you wanted to, but you're not going to grow as a coach if you, if you just bow out every time something doesn't go your way. You know. Well, and and if that is the case, then kind of building on to what we talked about last week about uh, being able to identify your ideal client, if that is if the plan, and I'll ask you where your plan came from in just a few minutes, but you mentioned having a plan. And if that plan is the only plan that you're willing to work on with people, then you have to recognize that as part of identifying your ideal client, right? Like they mm -hmm. have to be someone who identifies with that particular plan that you have and that you utilize. Otherwise, they're not going to be one of the people who brings energy for you. So this is just another example of we are just being intentional. We're not saying you can't use a plan. We're just saying, remember that if you are very, very rigid with that plan, then 
people who are rigid <laughs> have to be part of that ideal client for you when you're thinking about that. So that's just to build on uh, something that we talked about last week. Um, now, when I say, where did your plan come from? It's kind of a trick question. I'm not asking for a specific name of anybody, uh, but what I have found is that oftentimes our plan comes from what we personally did. Would you say that that's the case with you, Cody? 1000%. Okay. All right. And when you said, I have this plan and I'm going to apply it to everyone else, I'm going to ask you this other thing. How did you create the plan for you? How did you create that plan? Uh, well, you know, I got myself into a program and I just kind of submitted to it and uh, I worked it and it and it worked. And, you know, I was pretty intense about it. And then I fell in love with the idea of like, not being held back with my money anymore. So then I started helping people and in that, you know, I did it in the only way that I knew how, you know, because before okay. I did that, I did yeah. not know what the heck I was doing. I mean, I was at Taco Bell like five times a week, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. bad. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, was like, I was at Guitar Center <laughs> twice a week, you know? So, yeah. you know, it was just, you know, I just took what I knew and, and uh, applied it and, you know, when I first started coaching, I definitely did that a lot. And it was very cookie cutter to say, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but over the last, you know, year and a half that I've been coaching, uh, now, you know, I have like a general idea of how I think would be the best way to help guide people. But I really have found a lot of freedom and a lot of, and a lot more, uh, success too, with my clients mm -hmm. results. With, mm -hmm. with being open to, you know, get away from the cookie cutterness, because like we've said so many times before in this podcast, personal finance is personal. personal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think too, that you, you have, you have a framework, like you said, that you are working from, but when you are allowing them to be personal with this and allowing them to kind of give you, guide you, if you will, to the things that are gonna be good for them, it becomes way more empowering for them. And as a coach personally, I, my job, my desire for my clients is to have them not need me later on, right? I don't wanna have clients for life. And the only way that we're going to be able to do that is kind of like with our kids, not that our clients are kids, uh, but the idea that you, you give them things to, you give them tools to work with, you empower them to make their own decisions, you teach them how to think, not just what to think, and then you let them fly. And then you're still there for them when they need you, when they fall down, when they have these lessons that need to be learned, uh, but they're not necessarily living under your roof and needing you to make those decisions for them. And that's how I really envision working with my clients as well, that I can give them certain tools, I can find out what are, what are their personalities like, what will work for them, what won't work for them, them, and then ultimately empower them to be their own individual, to work their own financial plan that was created for them and by them so that they don't need to rely on me anymore. They can actually make those decisions for themselves. And so I think that it's really, really cool what you did when you realized, you know what, this plan worked for me. And it, you, I wasn't expecting you to say this, so I'm glad that you did, that you found a plan that worked and you just, you just attacked, like you followed it verbatim. <laughs> that was your, your way of doing things. I found the same plan that you are referencing and I couldn't do it verbatim, 
because I just, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I'm a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, but I had to, I had to be, be creative with that. And I had to change a little bit of things. And part of it, to be fully honest with you, is because I was married. I still am married to the same person, by the way. And probably the reason I'm still married to the same person is because I wasn't super rigid with that plan. Because he would not have been okay doing every little thing because it, it didn't fit him. So I actually had the benefit, if you will, of practicing on... <laughs> on my husband versus clients in knowing how to kind of tweak that a little bit so that it was something that not only would he get on board with, but that he would feel empowered and and have feel like he has some ownership of as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something that uh, I've actually kind of noticed with helping married couples too, is that sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll have one, one person in the relationship who is just like all in, all in like, scorched earth all in and then there's the other person who's like yeah you know i'm i'm good with this but like what the heck are you doing you know to Mm -hmm. their partner you know like i was you know i agreed for this but i was not expecting this you know right and i I think that uh you as a coach when that happens you have to be able to find that balance you know you can't Mm -hmm. just be like well so and so is right you need to do it this way um, mm-hmm. y- you know, you have to find what's good for both people and then, you know, have it actually blossom into something that's good rather yeah. than, uh, and that can be very difficult when you're talking about two different people, meeting someone where they are is one thing when it's one person, yeah. but meeting them where they are, <laughs> when they're in like two different places, you're like, okay, as a coach, how do I do that? Well, it's, it's definitely an ebb and flow type of thing. You have to meet person A where they are, and then you have to meet person B where they are, and then help them to decide where they want to be together so that you can meet them there in that one location as well. So I know that's, that's kind of weird, and it, it, feels, um, it feels awkward for a new coach, but I want to just tell you a quick story. If I may, when I, I was, when I graduated from um, grad school, I went into substance abuse counseling and I share this a lot. So I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet. If I do, I apologize. Um, What I found was that when I came out of my schooling, I had not been an actual drug user. And that was something that was very difficult for some of the clients to say, well, how could you possibly help me if you've not been down the path that I've been? And so I let a lot of that self-talk go through my mind. Like, yeah, I'm this 23 year old, pretty innocent child who's not done a lot of this stuff. Like, how can I possibly help some of these individuals? And what I did was I just showed up and I met them where they were. And what I found was because I had other colleagues who had been down the addictions path and then had decided that they wanted to help people. So they became a certified substance abuse counselor. Those individuals, what I found after watching for a little while was that they had a prescribed plan and it was the plan that worked for them to overcome their addiction, right? And Mm -hmm. so what do you think happened? They went in, they met all these clients and they started prescribing that exact same plan for those clients. Whereas then there was little old me who had zero idea what to expect. I had zero... um, zero base of knowledge in terms of experience, but I had passion and I had a desire to really listen and hear what those clients were saying. And so what that I, what I realized, what that did for me was it allowed me to just truly meet them where they were because I didn't have any of this prescribed junk that was coming from my own past that was like spilling out onto them. I wasn't having to recover vicariously through my clients. 
And they absolutely love that because for the first time in a really long time, they felt heard. They felt like someone was listening so that they could understand, not listening with the next prescribed thing to say. And I obviously don't do that anymore. But when I started coaching all those years ago, I, like you, had identified this plan that I thought, well, this is the way that we did it. And so this is what we need to do. And for the first seven, eight, 10 months, I was just like, something's not right. Something at my gut level says, you, you're, you know better, you can do better. Why are you, why is this so frustrating? And I realized it's because I needed to go back to those basics and go, you're not meeting them where they are, Maria. You're meeting them where you are. You're trying to bring them to where you are and you're trying to bring them down the same path that you went. And that's not their path. So just put the rest of that stuff behind you and recognize that you need to just meet them where they are. So I that lesson was such an amazing lesson to me and it was 15 years ago and it still, it still resonates with me now. And that is one of the reasons that this is my primary value when it comes to our clients because there's just this recognition of even if I've been down a certain path, it's not the same story that they have. Even if, if they had the exact same amount of debt that I had and they had the exact same circumstances that I had, it's still not gonna be the same path that they wanna take later. And so it's just so important for us to take that step back and go, where are they? How can I just listen for understanding and not listen for responding? Yeah. Another thing, if I may, I know I'm talking a lot right now, uh, but <laughs> if I may ask to throw this in there as well, the idea of intentionality over rigidity, I don't want our listeners to know that that is just something that we believe for ourselves. That's actually one of the core values I have for my clients, that when they are working on a budget or a spending plan, I really try to teach them and instill in them the value of intentionality over rigidity because I feel like so many times there's this dichotomy of this is right, this is wrong, and it's an all or nothing approach. And our, our clients will start to really feel failing in that. They'll feel like they're like they're just not succeeding because they did one little thing wrong. And so what I like to teach them is, you know what, you guys, we're gonna talk about how to be intentional with your spending, with your savings, with your investment, with your behaviors not be so rigid. So I just bring that up because I know that when we first talked about that in today's episode, Cody, we were talking about how we need to be intentional versus rigid with our clients. But I also want our listeners to really kind of let it seep in that when they're working with clients, they want to help their clients learn to be intentional versus rigid because that is going to be a result that lasts a lot longer for them. Yeah. And I, I building off the, the intentional versus rigid thing. Um, I think that that's actually a large reason as to why so many of us in general, um, you know, if we end up just like relaxing for a little bit midday or, mm -hmm. you know, we take a day off work or, you know, something like that. A lot of us, especially people who like to be quote unquote high achievers or hard workers or anything like that, we end up feeling really anxious and really guilty during yeah. those times Guilty. yeah mm -hmm. when when we know that we need to like rest and we need to like recoup and stuff like mm -hmm. that um i think that that comes from its own form of being too rigid you know because yep. even when you are resting you are being intentional because you need that rest you know yep. and it's the same exact thing with people's money as well um you know it's it's the same <laughs> messaging so you know if they if they go out and they have a 
you know, an anniversary dinner and they're trying to, you know, pay off debt and they're in this super rigid mindset, they're not going to enjoy that anniversary dinner and the anniversary is mm-hmm. going to be spoiled. And then they're going to look back at it and be like, why did I not enjoy that? Oh, it's because <laughs> of money. And then they're going to have a sore or a sour uh, taste in their mouth towards money. When, when in yeah. reality, you know, it, being intentional about it is like, hey, you know, let's have this anniversary dinner. Let's be mindful. Let's be intentional. But let's make sure mm-hmm. that we are also being intentional for the reason that we're here, which is to enjoy and celebrate our anniversary, you know? Yeah. And that's yep. a huge thing. And, and one thing I do want to make sure that is known, because, you know, I think that someone could listen to this entire conversation and they could say, well, these guys are just saying to not push people, you know, just to, <laughs> to be weak coaches, you know, mm-hmm. um, that is not what we're saying. Uh, there is a time and a place for pushing people. Uh, but there's also a time and place to where it's too much, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, not everyone is going to be this linebacker in the NFL that's going to run, you know, a hundred sprints until he pukes and then the coach will be like, all right, that's good. You puked or even so, or even more like, oh, you puked, run another one, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not everyone's like that. And no, and not everyone wants to be like that. Like you said earlier, like not everyone wants that. Um, and that's okay. You know, there's, there's still the ability to be that coach that actually provides that transformation without destroying the things that they have already. Yeah. And I think too, that you, you hit on something. Um, it's the idea of not everyone's going to want that, but I also think that I want to be careful because it's so easy to get into that dichotomy, right? That we don't want to be in that dichotomy thinking it's so easy to assume that if we're not pushing in that way, that we're not pushing. And I just want to add one extra layer to that and say, it's absolutely important to push them. You just have to do it in a way that is in alignment with their priorities. I apologize for the dog in the background. Um, but you have to do it with what's in alignment with their priorities. And you can't do that unless you actually set up their priorities for them or with them, I should say. Um, and so that's actually a topic I think we should talk about at a, another time is how to help our clients prioritize the things for themselves. Um, because then as coaches, it gives us permission to push them where it's important for them, not in the other way around where it's important for us, right? So then we don't have to feel like we're being pushy per se. We're actually just holding them accountable to the things that they want to be held accountable to. Yeah. And, and that's, that's absolutely correct. And I think another thing to mention too, uh, cause I, I don't want to make sure that I want to make sure that we don't miss this. Um, having the ability to help draw their options and even their recommendations out of them is huge. And I want to make sure that I'm understood with this. I'm not saying to give them recommendations all the time. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. to give them the answers all the time, but rather the art of being able to draw those things out of them through asking questions. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm so glad you used the word art there because it absolutely is an art form and using Mm -hmm. questions is the way to do it. So how do you think, like, what are some questions that are good questions for that? I know, I know I'm totally putting you on the spot, but are there any that you have used that are like, yeah, these are golden questions to ask our clients? Um, I can't think of any like specific questions at the top of my head, but what I can tell you Mm -hmm. is that there's, there's different types of questions. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there are open-ended questions and there are closed-ended questions. And closed-ended questions are like yes or no, yes or no answers, um, or mm-hmm. you know, very like option A or option <laughs> B. You know, that's a mm-hmm. closed-ended question. And, it, and mm-hmm. w- when you do that, you get the answer quick, or at least you mm-hmm. think you get the answer quick. And, um, you know, the conversation ends very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, are you hungry? Yes. Okay. Uh, rather, <laughs> rather than an open-ended question, whereas it's, it's not a quick answer, it's what are you hungry for? Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. to where they have That's to kind of, example. they have to kind of, you know, explain like, well, you know, I think I want Chipotle and, you know, at that at that rate, you know, if you get Chipotle, let me know, because then I, I would want to get a bowl with chicken and lettuce and beans and, you know, all those different types of things. It's not just a yes, you know, mm-hmm. so opening questions are, are questions that allow you to have more of an answer, uh, mm-hmm. thus giving them more of a chance to actually like understand what they want and where they should go. Mm-hmm. So uh, bringing it to finances, let's just use that same example so that our listeners can go, oh, I, I totally get this. So uh, an open end, excuse me, a closed ended question might be, you know, how much debt do you have? 1000 or $155,000 worth of debt, right? So that's a closed ended question because even though it's not a yes, no, that's why I'm using this because it's not a yes, no answer, but it is a quick response. There's a, a very specific response to that question. But an open ended question to that might be something like, how does how do you feel about that when you know October first comes and you're trying to pay your bills or you know just kind of kind of dig in a little bit to the feeling or the emotion behind it? What are some of your thoughts around that number when you when you hear that number? What color comes to mind? You know, just it can be anything that just brings more information from the individual, um, and that is absolutely how we would set up priorities as well. So we can again we can talk about that later on. I actually have a really cool um, exercise that I bring people through that I would love to share with our listeners but now is not the time to do that i will do that when we talk about priorities and how to identify those things <laughs> um, but yeah I, I just think that i appreciate you answering the way that you did because um even though there might not be some golden nugget ones that you remember off the top of your head it is very important to use those open-ended questions to draw out of people what their uh options are and and also i know we use the word recommendations and I I hesitate sometimes to say that because our recommendations for them should be based on what it is that will get them to where they want to go. And so having the ability to draw that out of them is way more impactful, way more empowering than to just say, well, based on your situation, I recommend you do X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. What a great discussion today, Cody. I agree. I agree. And you know what? You know what was cool was that you came to this meeting and you just met me where I was at, you know? <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> and I, I really appreciated it, okay? So. <laughs> I'm glad you felt heard today, Cody. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, yes. Where else can our listeners feel heard? So uh, you guys can always stay connected with us. Um, there is a fantastic Facebook group. It's called New Money Habits Financial Coaches. Um, it's free to join. You just got to, you know, say, hey, I want to join. And then we'll be like, okay. And we'll let you in. <laughs> and you can hop in there, have a conversation, connect with us, connect with other coaches as well. Um, and just learn and grow and support from each other, you know. And um, it's a really cool thing. It's a really awesome. Uh, it's a really 
great benefit to have, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And it's and a I'm, small group. I mean, when you look at that, the numbers of it compared to some of the other groups out there, it does seem a little bit small, but I will tell you, it is a mighty group of people because the conversations mm -hmm. that are brought up in there and, and the questions and the thoughts, it's just pretty amazing to watch the coaches interact with each other and really be there for each other. I agree. And even if they want to take it a step further and take it beyond the group too, you know, we do have the, the monthly meetup calls as well. And, you know, those are, man, I've gotten so much value from those myself over the last year or so. Um, so, yeah, that's another step that you could take, too. And even if you wanted to just test the waters or if you have a very quick question, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're welcome to email us at podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. And who knows, you know, if it's if it's a, a question that, you know, makes sense, we, we would be happy to answer it um, on, on air. You know, and absolutely. and we can absolutely do that too. So we strongly encourage doing that. And uh, yeah, so that's what we have for you today, guys. All right. Well, I look forward to our next conversation about priorities and a fun little ex experiment that I can share with you for that. Um, mm -hmm. And until next time, you guys, thanks always for tuning in. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.